Hey, man, I thought you had a shortcut to the dance. No, I lied, but we should ask Dr. Loomis over there. Uh, you mean Dr. Zartan? Oh, that's that dude from G.I. Joe. He looks like Kmart Loomis. Yo, maybe he's got a banh mi sandwich. Oh, shit, here he comes. Here comes the spooky! How you doing, you fucking pissed gargling morons? I want to introduce you to my buddy, my pal, What's going on, all you chuds and chudettes? Here comes the Spookies back with episode 48. Tonight, we're going to talk, finally, the Friday the 13th lawsuit and its ending, as Yay. well as find out what new Loomis is doing with this Bon Me sandwich. So sit back, relax, tie that buddy to a chair, and make him listen to your second favorite podcast. Chuds and Chudettes, all you spooky squad out there. We are the Here Comes the Spooky. I am your host, Cincinnati Jeff, one of the Dukes of Spook. And with me always is my best friend, my partner in the sanitarium, Nachos McWerewolf. Nachos, how you doing, buddy? How is everybody doing on this beautiful September morning? <laughs> Halloween Eve. Would you Octoberish day. There you go. There you go. In, in the realm. Where did you get your calendar from? 1998? Yeah, it works. Lousy smarch weather. <sighs> Don't touch Willie. Good advice. Good advice. Sitting here drinking some twisted tea. This Smirnoff ice kind of sucks. You want to sip? Yeah, I'll take a little swaggle. Hey, Cincinnati Jeff, what are we drinking tonight? <laughs> twisted tea raspberry, because we feel like punching people in the face. That's right. Take that, you fucking racist. And Smirnoff ice smash, red, white, and berry. Yeah, it's a... Uh... It's blue. Manilow. <laughs> it's not bad. It's a little sweet, but it's it's aight. Why, why have they never marketed anything berry, like strawberry manilow or watermelon berry man? Okay, you got to get it Ben one. and Jerry's for that shit, man. They're good at that stuff. Like the Cherry Garcia. Yeah. Things like that. All right. Well. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> on to the show. Tonight, we are talking Halloween 2018, a.k.a. H4O. Or old mom Lori. Right. Uh, but uh, before we jump into that, we've got a couple of things to talk about. News and stuff. First up, like I said in the intro, the Friday the 13th lawsuit is finally over. Yay! But what does it mean? So, <laughs> something. The courts have ruled in favor oh. twice now, mind okay. you. This is twice. In Victor Miller's favor. Okay. Uh, so he won back in 2018. Sean Cunningham was like, no, that's not good. I don't like the decision. So sued him again in a different court. And he, it took th three years. Yeah. Three years of litigation. Uh, and he won again. So as a screenwriter for the original Friday the 13th movie, this is what this means. Uh, he will own... The USA rights for everything that's that has that the first story has in it, such as Jason's entire backstory, Camp Crystal Lake, as well as the town, Pamela's crazy ass, etc. What doesn't he own? The franchise name, okay, right, the thirteenth, and the mask, and then of course anything that came after that first movie. Yeah, it's kind of weird how. Well, I I don't I don't understand the mask thing, but you know what? <clears throat> I said it uh, the other week. You just make. You know, do a couple of movies with Baghead until I spill this drink. 
right here. So I'm not sure how this works because Sean took out the ad for Friday the 13th before he ever even had a movie. Right. And obviously Friday the 13th itself. I don't really know if that could be trademarked in a sense because it's sort of a, you know, it's a day that already existed on, you know, people's calendars. Quick, in time. Sense. I got to grab a napkin. So I'm not quite sure where that goes and what he can and can't do, but he, I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, we're, um, all that is, um, all that is still owned by New Line Cinema slash Warner Brothers is pretty much anything that Victor Miller didn't write. And Paramount has no stake in this anymore. I'm no, confused about that whole. So shit. Paramount, law, like Warner Brothers, New Line bought. You know what? The this is boring legal jargon. Nobody gives a shit yeah. about. So Moving essentially, on. Sean Cunningham or the studio could make a new Friday Thirteenth movie tomorrow, but it can't have Jason or anything else from that first movie, and it would look more like Halloween Three. Uh so that's kind of cool. But what needs to happen to keep this moving forward is basically Miller, who is eighty-one, by the way. Yeah, would need to sell his Not intellectual a day over. right. He would need to sell his intellectual property to Warner Brothers, and then from here on out, they could make whatever they wanted. With Clive Barker winning back the rights for Hellraiser, and now this, Hollywood is going to have to pay serious close attention. They're going to stand up and obviously take notice. As I foresee a lot of these lawsuits cropping up in the next few years, which unfortunately will hurt the fans the most, as any character outlined in these suits will probably be quietly shelved and or removed altogether. Yeah, and that hurts us as fans, because what, do you, would you rather see a fucking brand new Friday the 13th movie, or another I Know What You Did Last Summer? Yeah. Let's get fucking real, man. It's And that's like Marvel, you know, looking at you, Marvel, they're kind of going through that right now. I heard mm. they got ScarJo back, aka they gave her a fucking money, and Oh, no, like cool. Steve Ditko's family, and like a bunch of people Dude. are suing for like the rights to Spider-Man, Doctor Strange. You know what? Just throw those motherfuckers a tunk, a tunk of check, uh, a hunk of cash, hunk of Mc brain stroke or whatever the fuck. Give those dudes some fucking money, and then everything's good. Like we'll do with Bill Finger and Batman and all that shit. Or was that Bob Kane? Bob Kane and Bill Finger. Yes, I fingered yeah. Bob Kane. Yes. So the I follow Larry Zerner. Yes, uh, I, I actually. So he's got two Twitter accounts. He's got his personal one, and mm -hmm. then at Zerner Law is his like lawyer law firm account. And that's the one you want to follow for updates on this type of stuff because he kind of breaks it down. Like with Marvel, they're basically battling the 1919 copyright law as opposed to Victor Miller, whose victory he won was more against the 1973 copyright law, which is changed. So, and who thought who thought you guys weren't going to learn some fucking law shit tonight? Right? You're, so, but you're here's the thing: there could be some big stuff coming up, and I I see this happening a lot more in horror movies. I'm sure Disney. The big House of Mouse is just going to throw money. Oh, you at bet the family, your ass. And they're going to get this quietly taken care of. Like all but the deaths horror movies. in the film park yeah, or it's gonna... in the theme parks. <laughs> right? Just kind of brushed under the rug. Dude, I heard I heard like this morbidly obese dude was holding his kid and like walking out of a restaurant, fucking slip, smash the kid. <clears throat> baby weren't crying, but that happened off the park. Couldn't get a dead dog in this movie, so how about a dead baby? Jesus Christ. <laughs> all right. Well, next up. The new Resident Evil trailer is dropped. All right. And uh, we we both watched it. Yeah, a couple times. So, essentially, I'm not going to spoil anything, but what it appears to be is a reimagining of the first two games in the franchise, kind of melded together, kind of an amalgam, uh, to make one movie. You know what? I think this is my two cents. I think it's going to break down into two chunks, like you have the Raccoon City shit going on and the Spencer Mansion shit going on and kind of interweaves i'm doing hand gestures our fucking listeners uh, cannot see it's called resident evil welcome to raccoon city 
But like you see iconic imagery. There's a both Chris, Claire, Leon. You see like the mansion. The like as they walk in, you see the staircase and the big grand hall. And my dick got hard. You see the Raccoon City Police Department. Like there's a lot of and classic. And my dick got hard. Right. There's a lot of classic imagery. They in straight this. up show the fucking semi flip and all that. Uh, I was talking to this with my roommate, uh, uh, <clears throat> John, and he's like, "Where are the fucking zombie raccoons?" I'm like, "Shit." Where the fuck are the zombie raccoons? We have zombie mice. We have zombie spiders. We have fucking zombie dogs. Where's the fucking raccoons? Eh? I mean, you're not wrong. Moths, zombie cockroaches, several different right? styles. The centipedes. Right? Fucking baboons. Spiders. Hashtag, where are my spiders at, dog? Right? That's a callback. I remember, I remember when Aaron said that Aaron from the Horrible Horror Podcast, check them out, told me that he didn't necessarily need the spiders in the in the remake games and i thought to myself you know what? if i can continue being friends with this man after him saying something so stupid like this this friendship it's, it's borderline racist this friendship is now cemented because that is the dumbest fucking thing i've ever heard and you know me dude why would you not want spiders aaron you know what uh, i know we're a little late on his birthday but we should mail him a shoebox full of spiders <laughs> like jennifer conley that's right, right oh, she card. just gets a regular birthday card because <laughs> that bitch is top shelf i mean <laughs> She's a phenomenon. <laughs> All right. And then uh, last up. You're off topic. Oh, also, uh, the CGI looks straight out of 1998, too. I'm not sure what's going on with that. I don't have a movie or, you know, millions of dollars for budgets, but, I mean, come oh, on. on. On the Resident Evil? Yeah. Okay, I want to talk about, so, without sounding like Hitler, they're like, ah, oh, Jill Valentine's black. I'm like, okay, I'm all right with that. And they're like, and Leon is a Latino person. What is that, Hispanic? What's the way I don't sound like a racist? Latino. Yeah, that one. And I'm like, cool, so he's just Carlos now. He's, he's Carlos. <laughs> what you did is you took Carlos out of three, and he's now Leon. There you go. Right. I do think that the, dude, the two Lisa, movies... Lisa Trevor. Yes, I saw that. I'm, from Zero. Dude, or no, sorry, from the, the remake, remake of One. Which, um, fuck yes. I, I like that they've melded these because, let's be honest, as a fan I of the games, I want each movie, each game to have its own movie. But in reality, if you think about it, these two games don't really have enough like beefy material to make one cohesive story. I beg to differ, but well, it's because Sony otherwise, their shit, you, you so. would get you would get a bunch of that extra stuff like they had in the like the first Resident Evil. Oh, oh my god, if we can keep Mila Jovovich far the fuck away from these, I don't want her like I'm. Also, I don't need fucking Mission Impossible laser rooms. Uh, that part was dope though. Like the only good Resident just, Evil I, of those of that franchise was like the first one because man, I like the, the second one. Yeah, dude, it starts out cool because it's it, two and three. Yeah, but dude, and then like it's like Jill Valentine and her partner Leon Kennedy. Uh, false. Uh, he's dead. Uh, also false. And then fucking Alice comes bashing in through the fucking Matrix plate. She glass fucking Matrix window. herself into the fucking church. Oh my god! And then like I'm gonna do a backflip, kick off this motorcycle as it lands into a liquor and explodes, and my blood in type a, is Mountain in the, Dew. In that movie's defense. That was what two thousand three. Everybody had wire fighting teams. Everybody was fucking wire fighting at that time. Austin Powers had one. I think what you meant to say, yes, not just Mick Werewolf. That shit was whack. <laughs> All right, and then last, we've got. Uh, you sent me this, yeah. Well, well, so I just went straight to the to the website. Uh, Change.org oh, has a petition 
to remove the slaughtering of firefighters from the Halloween Kills movie. This is precious. This this Jesse Streeter has 87 out of 100 signatures for this petition. And he writes, I want the scene in the new Halloween Kills where they show the slaughtering of firefighters. It is wrong because firefighters have been lured to the house's fire and murdered by the person who set the fire. Incorrect, sir. Lori set the fire. And it's wrong that Michael killed the firefighters with the gear from the other firefighters he killed. This is like a 10 year old wrote this. Also, Michael Myers is known for his his morals and (laughs) scruples, too. As soon as a soon to be firefighter, I find it very offensive. And so does my mom and dad, who are retired firefighters. I want that scene taken out of the movie. Michael didn't have to kill them in a way. They saved him, so he he should have saved the two firefighters in the house and went on his way to kill sister. Well, uh, <laughs> somebody wasn't paying attention. You know what we should do in spite this fucking ass clown? Make a counter petition oh, well, uh, to where... Wait till we, you get to the counter. Oh, okay, okay. There is no reason for that horrible, disgusting scene, especially since it has been happened... In real life. This is just terrible, Graham. I love it. I love it. Like I said before, firefighters have been lured to house fires and killed by some psycho in real life. There are a a bunch of comments. The first one, (laughs) get the fuck out of here with this bullshit. Stop trying to ruin Halloween kills for people. The scene isn't getting removed. Quit being so sensitive. And then the next one is, can we get a petition to end this petition? This is dumber than Halloween Resurrection. (laughs) Ooh, shit. Uh, I like the third one. Why she talk? Why'd she talk? It's a movie, you fucking pussy. Dude, grow the fuck up and stop being a pussy. OMG, my parents agree with my... Just shut the fuck up. No one gives a fuck what you and your parents think about. It's a movie, not real life. Grow some balls, you pussy. You know what I put in the thread when I found it on Facebook? I was like, hey, my mom is a real-life babysitter, so even I'm okay with the stalking and murdering of babysitters throughout said Halloween franchise. This is good. Come on. I sign the petition to comment. I say, why stop here? Let's remove this car accident from Doctor Strange. They happen in real life. Let's take all the shootings out of No Time to Die. Matter of fact, let's just take Michael Myers himself out of the movie because he's a big meanie head. Jeez, where do you draw the line? I guess 100 people he killed in the other movies were fine because what? They didn't fight fires? Because they didn't remind you of yourself and your mommy and daddy? This petition is a troll. (laughs) I mean, it, it has to be. Like... Michael Myers is killing cops and dogs. This is a stupid petition, and you have a soft cock. <laughs> Whoa! Keep, keep going. These are gold. These are gold. <laughs> more, more loading. It's like did- somebody put in quotes "soon to be firefighter." <laughs> oh, shots! I fired. The last one is I literally signed to encourage you to seek alternate employment. <laughs> You are clearly delusional, and I envision some wannabe with six different firefighter stickers in your vehicle and a closet full of firefighter hero (laughs) t-shirts. You know what? They take this dude because he can't be a firefighter now, so they spray paint him white with black dots, and he's the little bitch league Dalmatian of the firehouse. You clearly aren't meant to be an actual first responder if a movie upsets you. Your real life is much worse. Kind regards to your parents, pussy. (laughs) Damn! (laughs) We can do this all I thought the internet was a place for unity and love. The world is a happy place full of love and kindness. Or what did Karen say in this fucking movie? Somebody created somebody created a Michael Myers profile just so I guess everybody signed just to comment. It's Michael Myers who just says fuck off. I 
Where's the applaud button? That that gets it. That fucking deserves right. it. I'm getting out of the website because we can fuck it with. Thank I mean, you, snide pricks of the internet. Fantastic. So stupid. And thank you for sending it to me. Hey, no problem, man. You know, I see shit that fucking stupid. I got to. I think there was even an article on Bloody Disgusting that, that was talking about it, too. It's ridiculous. I hope it's a troll account. Yeah. All right. Well, moving on. When, where was the first time you saw this movie, Nachos? In theaters with you, dude. Yeah! That's right. 2018, October. God damn, that was such a long time ago. I know, but it was, it was good. It was a good time. Yeah, before the world went to shit. We had some fun. That's right. Did some stuff. We did a lot of anal sex in that theater. <laughs> with other people, because let's not... Yeah, we got to work together. We don't want to make it weird. Dude, that'd be very unprofessional. Also, uh, when you get done jacking off on my shoe, could you hand me that rag? <laughs> no, the one with the dog shit on it. <laughs> Thank you. You got me to look. Uh, so, same. Yeah, I saw in 2018 theaters with you. Oh, I made you look at my soft All cock. Right. <laughs> what do you, want to be firefighter? Yeah, but they never let me join. So we we gonna talk about uh, Hellraiser? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah, yeah. I forgot you had one. Oh, uh, so hey, I think Hulu's doing a new Hellraiser show or something. I didn't really do my homework on this because I don't give a fuck. So, uh, yeah, yeah Hellraiser is gonna be played by like some trans chick. So Hellraiser has boobs now, and it's, uh, I'm okay with that. Uh, I forget who it is, but it's it's a yeah, it's a it's a lady. Or yeah, I don't know the the proper pronoun that. It's yeah, a, it's a the lady. Yeah, it's, it's a lady. A, sure, it's a yeah. day. I don't know. Wha, whoa, whoa, she's a I know lady. a lot of people have an arms about it. We talked about it. I don't see it being the big deal because... I don't want to come off sounding like Dave Chappelle or anything. Right, but Pinhead is a demon. So yeah, it's, it's just, a job title. Exactly. Hell priest or priestess in this scenario. Yeah. And I mean, Pinhead's costume is pretty kinky as fuck. Throw some knockers in there and your boy's going to be all right with that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's an entity from hell. It's... It's not a physical manifestation here on Earth that requires it to be born. And it's like, oh, Michael Myers. Like, that would be weird if they change it to a girl. Unless they're going to start a whole new franchise. Then I get it. Otherwise, well, it'd have to be this a thing sister. is fine. The sister. It'd have to be a sister. <laughs> Michelle Myers. So this is not a video nasty. This is not on our Hello Nasty list. Little bitch. Directed by David Gordon Green, who did Pineapple Express, Your fuck, Highness. Fuck me. The Sitter. And Eastbound and Down, along with co-writer of this movie, Jenny Danny Motherfucking Powers. Right? And if you notice, Pineapple Express and Your Highness, also starring Kenny Powers. Oh, Link's, Link's getting scared because we're yelling. <laughs> He's like, they raised their boys. But now, it's time to meet our casualties! Oh my god, he's killing me! He's killing me! He's killing me! Uh, so, got up. Eh, it's like half and half here with, with famous actors, actresses, uh, and then some newbies. Uh, but, but quite a few for sure. The big names. I'm going to talk because you're missing your xylophone. I like how you brought the deodorant in here, too. I'm such a nice co-host. I'm putting deodorant on. Thank you. You know, I keep some in the uh, other room for you. Never be unprepared. So, all right. First up, Jamie Lee Curtis. Never heard of her. As Laurie Strode. Yo, was that that chick with the dick? (laughs) She's got the biggest set of balls in this fucking movie. I can guarantee you that. No doubt. She commands a room. I love it. So, 
everybody knows who Jamie Lee Curtis is. Yeah. She was in a movie called Fish Called Wanda. Yeah, that's that's her. Trading uh, Places, uh, Road Games, uh, Prom True, Night, True Lies, True Lies. Oh, I love her in True Lies. I fucking love True Lies. That is such a great movie, an unsung action comedy from the '90s that obviously we really appreciate because we grew up with it. But I don't think it's going to get the love that it deserves. Real talk, I've generations. Going I've only forward. seen it once. Really, man, uh, that is such a good fucking. Movie. I know Bill Paxton's lines. Those were the best. <laughs> I got a little dick. Chicks don't want to fuck me. I got a little dick, and it's pathetic. <laughs> um, oh, Tom Arnold. No, no. What is she's got an ass like a ten year old boy and breasts that make you want to bag for buttermilk. Yeah. What the fuck is that? I used to say that all the time. Not the breast part, but the got an ass like a ten year old boy. I just loved watching people fucking get like super uncomfortable. When <laughs> and I that's say how it. I'm on a list. <laughs> Uh, we've also got Judy Greer as Karen Nelson. I like her. Judy Greer's cool. Dude, I've always kind of been a fan of her. I had a little crush on her, man. She and was you in... can say goodbye to these! Yeah, they're all fucking Kenny Wampus. Um, uh, she's in Jawbreaker. Is the, she? The Village. Yeah, she's she's the girl that they... Uh, the, she, which, she witnesses them kill the other chick. Oh, yeah. And then they're like... Uh, you know, well, you you be cool. I don't really shit. remember the plot in that movie because uh, that's I was a good movie. Ejecting. That was a that was a good black comedy. Uh, she was in the village. Uh, she that. was in the remake of Carrie. Oh yeah, she was like the uh, guidance counselor, or whatever. Yeah. Uh, she was in Jurassic World and the Ant Man movies. Oh yeah, Scott Lang's ex wife. You know what? It kind of pisses me off. She's a great actress, and like she doesn't really get time to shine unless uh, she's like doing bit parts. Like she's an Archer. She's fucking great in Archer. Arrested Development. She's great in that. I'm sure a handful of other things I'm not remembering right she's now. She's fantastic in this, especially at the end. <laughs> We've got Will Patton as Deputy Frank Hawkins. What, what do I know this guy from? Copycat. Oh, that's a weird one. Armageddon. Okay. Gone in 60 seconds. Never saw it. The Punisher. With, with uh, Tom Jane. Eh. He plays uh, um, a cop. Travolta's right-hand man who he sets up for having an affair, but is actually secretly gay. Ha! <laughs> no shit. Yeah. I love the Tom Jane one. Oh, I go Ray Stevenson's and Dolph Lundgren. Oh, dude, yeah. Warzone's fantastic. The, the, honestly, none of those Punisher movies are bad. I, they all can't be number one, but they're all really good. Yeah. Uh, so we've got Andy Matichak, who plays Allison Nelson. Now, here's what they did with this movie. They went ahead and kind of found somebody that they that wasn't famous. Yeah. Uh, similar to what they did with Jamie Lee Curtis in right. the first movie. So I don't have anything for her. We've got Halleck Billinger. Bill Gainer. Yeah. yeah. Uh, as Dr. Ranbir Sartain. Uh, so he's I, a good old boy from around these parts, obviously. I apologize for butchering the mo- uh, the name. Just a good old uh, boy. Mostly foreign films and, like, uh, soap operas. But he was in Lionheart in, like, 1983. Yeah, he plays, like, a general. Which is f- it's, it's a fun Why do kids I fantasy that? sci-fi movie. Uh, then we've got uh, Rian Rees, who plays Dana Haynes. This is her only credit. Really? Uh, Jefferson Hall as Aaron Corey. Uh, same thing. Nothing Nothing to note. The British podcasters. And last, certainly not least, Toby Huss as Ray Nelson. Oh, shit, son. He's in Down Periscope. 
No, Vegas Vacation, no, fuck all Reno 911, Cowboys and Aliens, and motherfucking Pete and Pete because he's Adi, the strongest man in the world. That's right, from the adventures of Pete and Pete. Do you remember the episode where he accidentally drop kicked his fucking turtle into the next zip code and it had amnesia? And he felt so bad about it. That show was fucked. That was such a weird show. That could only happen in the 90s. Otherwise, Wes Anderson would be trying to do that shit. And it's like, here's so the what thing, Little like, Pete had, that fucking dancing tattoo. The mermaid. Uh, what was her name? It's like Lucille or something. Yeah. Uh, dude, I remember there is an ep- full arm. Yeah. Yeah. He just had like fucking, I, don't, I can't call it a sleeve, but whatever, dude. A fucking eight year old had a gangster ass tattoo. I remember there was like a road trip episode. Where it's the, what the fuck what was the last name? Sure, Pete. It was the Pete. Pete family. Family Pete. Peterson. Pete, 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 whatever. Anyway, so they're fucking driving, and then, like, there's a rival dad, and, like, they have a luggage stacking contest on the fucking <laughs> top of the car. And the best thing is, it's little Pete had an action figure, and it was Babu, the fucking blue ape guy from fucking Power Rangers. Do you remember him? Yeah. It was because it was Finster, and, but whatever. Like, I fucking remember Power Rangers. But I just remember I he was, like, the, the fucking star on the top of the Christmas tree. And then, like, the uh, the other family dad, like, pulled over and got a hotel room and murdered his family because they were failures. <laughs> Maybe that, that show happen. was out there, man. Like, Michael, fucking it was, it was pop. It was supposed it? to be targeted at us. But, like, I remember watching it going, I'm not getting half. Even then, I knew I wasn't getting half the jokes. Dude, I remember watching that because it's the fucking Girl Scout who was, like, one of Pete's buddies or one of the Pete's buddies. And I remember, like, my dad just got off, you know, working his asshole inside out or whatever. And he's like, what are you watching kind of shit? And so, like, he's just kind of making his sandwich. And he's, like, leaning over from the other room. And he's like, is that Iggy Pop? He's like, is that Iggy Pop? <laughs> and sure as shit, yeah, dude, it was Iggy Pop. And then, dude, they had the weirdest bullies because I that's my Twitter handle, Endless Mike. Endless Mike Hellstrom. Yep. And uh, that show was fucked up. That was a good show. Yeah. So that was our Pete and Pete episode, everybody. Stay spooky. (laughs) (laughs) So released in October 2018. uh, Sort of a weird year for horror movies, for sure. Especially when you... Weird year? Weird year. Hmm. Especially when you get into these uh, newer movies, uh, because there's not a lot of gold out there. I haven't heard NPR Kerman in a minute. Um, Yes. So we had The Farm. The Slender Man movie, <laughs> Hereditary, <sighs> Hellraiser Judgment. That I thought that was way earlier than that. Overlord, dude, Overlord fucking rules. Deep, that's, that's, deep. go ahead. Deep. Oh, yep. Oh, sorry. Uh, so, dude, Overlord is the closest thing we'll have to a Wolfenstein movie. Deep Blue Sea Two, <laughs> The Last Sharknado. It's about time. Ugh. The Nun. Never saw it. Mandy. Cheddar Goblin. And uh, Leprechaun Returns. <laughs> and of course, a sleeper here that I know we've both seen, but I don't think a lot of people have. Summer of 84. Dude. I mean. Slow ev- burn, but everybody's, a fun fucking movie. Everybody's sucking off uh, uh, Stranger Things' is dick. And, I, you know, it's a popular show. And just because it's popular doesn't mean it's good. But uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And tell me about the news episode of Rick and Morty. Well, the season wrapped. And that's a good show. The fans so are Stranger Things. The fans are garbage. But um, anyway, Summer '84 was really good. Man, it is good. It's slow, slow burn, but dude, it's good. I fucking love it. So, how to watch? This came out in 2018. So get a fucking Blu-ray player and buy this goddamn movie. Yeah. Do you have eyes? 
Yeah. Can, can, can you just go to right. movie place land? Yeah. It's it's easy. Just like me. One of us is really going to enjoy murdering you. All right. Well, right away, <clears throat> we are at Smith's Grove Sanitarium for the awesomely insane, where Dr. Sartan is meeting with patients while Aaron and Dana from the last podcast of Unimpressed patiently wait to see the good doctor. They are true crime podcasters <clears throat> and are here to see if they can interview new Loomis and Michael Myers for their upcoming episode on the Haddonfield 1978 babysitter murders. Michael's being transferred to a new facility, and this will be their last chance to see them before they do. Is this the whole checkerboard part thing? <clears throat> new Loomis talks about how he was a student of Dr. Samuel Loomis before he passed away. Rip. And that Mikey has been held at the facility for the last 40 years to be studied in why he likes to kill young white bitches and gas station attendants. I mean. <clears throat> Am I wrong? No. Kills a lot of mechanics and gas station attendants. I like, mean. a lot. Yeah. Does it in one? Does it? Well, one's the only one that counts now, apparently. Uh, which one? One, this one, and there's another one. A uh, four. Rob Zombie's Halloween, where yeah. he kills um, that awesome <clears throat> black dude. I can't think of his name. So, New Loomis tells them that he has been seen by over 50 psychiatrists, and despite being able to speak, has chosen not to do so since he's been admitted. They find Michael chained out in the courtyard with other inmates for their daily dose of vitamin D and melanoma. <clears throat> Aaron asks if he can get closer to see if he can engage Michael, and the good doctor says, sure. Just don't cross the line. Yeah. Don't go past the lines. They have him chained inside of this, like, four square, basically, I, it, like, it's, it's into, kind, like, a concrete block. It's kind of like Minesweeper a little bit. I like I like this part where he's like, be sure to tie your shoelace so it doesn't upset Mr. Tolver. So, you know, if you just wore Velcro shoes like your boy, right? this wouldn't be a fucking issue. I'm just saying. So he's like, don't get so close so he can't get so handsy. With his back turned to us, Michael listens but ignores Aaron as he talks about the murders of 1978 and then openly admits to breaking all kinds of laws mm. and even rats out his friends at the Attorney General's office at the same time by showing Michael the mask that he wore back then. And I love this. There's, he just pulls it out of his little satchel. There's no evidence bag. Like, he's just putting his fucking fingerprints all over it. Yeah, right, right. And new Loomis is behind him just kind of shaking his head like, yeah, go ahead. Oh, yeah, what, what's going to go wrong? Look it up. Mike still doesn't respond, but all the other inmates freak out as they can like sense some sort of weird energy. Dude, from and it. even the dog starts acting up. And I'm asking, what do you think that dog did to end up in Smith's Grove? I'm just <laughs> saying. Maybe that's Mike's new schedule. That's his new lunch, you know? <laughs> so for some reason, like the alarm starts to go off, like too, like because everyone's freaking out. I, I, it's, uh -oh. it's a weird oh. scene. Almost just, yep. Okay. Uh, as as soon as this happens, we cut to the opening credits with the classic intro music. And this is super cool because, like, instead of having the classic Halloween pumpkin, it's, like, rotten, dead, deflated, and it has this reverse effect where, like, the pumpkin is putting itself back together, which is sort of like a metaphor for the franchise. This Halloween pumpkin inflates with so much iconography and symbolism, you could drown a first-year film student with it. <laughs> it is cool, though. Now, in Haddonfield, Dana and Aaron are on their way to drop in on Lori Strode, who seems to have hidden herself away in the woods on private property inside a compound of sorts, complete with attractable gates, tons of electronic security, and a firing range. Sweet little compound. She clearly wants to be found by strangers. Uh, so, in my version of the movie, when they hit the call box, the lady on the other says, Oh, thank God, vibrator repair is here. <laughs> 
Is that was that in your cut? <laughs> it's not. In my oh, okay. Cut. That's that's weird. Old man Lori gives them the brush off via her speaker box until they offer her three thousand dollars, and she's like, "Sure, come on in." Cha-ching! Lori opens the door for her new friends after removing many locks and bars, which lets the viewer know instantly that we are not welcome here. Uh, if you're a a serial killer or two a vacuum salesman or Mormons, especially Mormons, <laughs> they don't get past the gate. Many have tried. Few have <laughs> succeeded. They explain who they are and what they do, and Lori explains that there is nothing new to learn about Michael Myers, while Aaron the Cuck ignorantly <laughs> teases Lori about believing in the boogeyman. Yeah, what the fuck? There is no chill with these guys. I get it. You have limited time to shoot your shot, but don't lead charge with like, oh, how's your fucking kid that got taken by child services right? and your fucking failed marriages? Also, I feel like Lori should have a dog. Lori plays the Loomis card and explains that Michael is pure evil, plain and simple, um, so Dana switches topics and asks Lori how the state came and took her daughter away from her when she was 12. Bad form. And Lori never regained custody. Lori gets pissed off at this point uh, for their casual attitude about her trauma and is about to tell them to fuck off when Aaron stupidly advises that Lori meet with Michael to see if it will trigger something in him. Lori, being the only sane person in the room, thinks this is a bad idea. Oh, let's get the gatekeeper and the key master together. Fucking nothing can go wrong. <laughs> about, about to trigger a fucking boot up their ass. It says, nah, I'm good, dog. And uh, now $3,000 richer, she shoves their asses out the door. All right. So I was kind of thinking about this. What do you think Lori does for a living being able to live in this palatial fucking lockdown manner? You think granny cam girl, Activia kickback. Or tenor from a post, uh, uh, you know, a posh California private school. What do you think? Uh, <laughs> she, she's writing books. Yeah, sure. Yeah. She's she's uh, Anne Rice. There, it's Psycho My Way, the Lori <laughs> Strode, or the Karen Tate. <laughs> Cut to the other side of town where we meet Ray, Karen, and their daughter Allison. Where they are doing family stuff and talking about Allison making it on the National Honor Society. This is uh, this is cute. I like this. They talk about going out to a celebration dinner. Later, where mom and dad will meet Allison's boyfriend, Cameron Elam. Mm -hmm. Do you know who he is? Well, it's uh, Lonnie Elam's son. Lonnie, get your ass away from there, Elam. You know what? Uh, I, I appreciate this this wholesome family conversation because nobody's forced fucking a bagel and nobody has mentioned skull fucking because suck my ass, Rob Zombie. <laughs> and she, uh, Allison asked if uh, mom bothered to invite Grandma Lori. Karen lies and says she did, but grandma grandmother ain't going to make it. Allison knows she's lying and says, uh, I'm out of here and heads off to school with her friends, Vicky and Dave. Oh, hold up. You forgot the best part. They're talking about uh, uh, the douchebag boyfriend, Cameron. Well, yeah, I mean, they're all nice until they get you pregnant and then you got to go and then they get you. Then you got to go in the pickup trucks and you clean their guns and then you got children and then you clean the guns and you get high with them and then you're all fat. <laughs> And I'm like, this guy's this guy fucking rules. Thank you, Ray. You don't suck. He does not. So uh, uh, Allison and her friends chit-chat about Lori and the family. When Dave asks if Michael is really her grandma's brother, to which Allison replies that that was just a rumor that a few people made up to make themselves feel better. And now we have completely rewritten the movie history for some really silly reason. Yeah. Fast forward to school, and we meet Cameron and Oscar, where they talk about the upcoming Halloween dance. School shit happens. Allison sees Grandma Lori loitering outside. She meets her grandma, who passes her off the $3,000 she got earlier, and is, like, desperately trying to 
kind of make peace with her as she's about to go off to college or whatever. Um, and Allison's like, look, Grandma, you kind of need to get over this trauma from 40 years ago. Oh. L- Lori plays it cool. She's like, look, you and your mom fucking hate me, but uh, you're, you know, well, I, I have, safe from strangers and shit like that. Like, I'm fine with that. I have some stuff you kind of blew past. Uh, but, you know, with this walk to high school, these teenagers are, like, really well-adjusted kind of shit. Mm-hmm. And they really do capture... I mean, this is real talk. Like, this is like walking through Alton. Like, this is what the Midwest looks like. So they got that part right. I did watch this trying to pay attention this time to see if I could catch any palm trees or anything. Right. Because, like, throughout the movie, there's a lot of, like, throwbacks, callbacks to, like, all the movies in the franchise. Man, y- yes. Even yes. even some movies that aren't even a part of this franchise or universe. Uh, like I was saying, these teenagers are so well-adjusted. I guess I must have been some kind of developmentally uh, stunted antisocial <laughs> monster obsessed with goth women. But uh, you forgot the part where Allison is sitting in uh, the, the classroom and um, she looks out the window and she sees Freddy Krueger. And <laughs> I Freddy, remember that. No, Freddy's like, is Nancy around here? It's like, no, no, she's here third period. It's second period. He's like, thanks, bitch. Two doors down. Two doors down, bitch. Next is a montage of Lori being badass with her guns. The Slobcast crew in their motel listening to a tape of Loomis explaining to the federal authorities that Michael should be put to death and not incarcerated for life, while at the same time, Michael and the rest of the Smithsgrove chain gang are shuffled onto their new home. New Loomis insists on riding in the bus with the patients while Lori waits outside in the parking lot with a gun in her hand, but instead of just nutting up and being somebody, she breaks down and cries while the bus pulls away. Over at the Haddonfield shenanigans, Mom, Dad, and Allison and Lonnie Jr. are having some sweet appetizers while Papa Ray is here trying too hard to appear cool and Mama Karen lies again about inviting Lori to dinner. Yeah, he's talking like, yo, me and your dad used to fucking eat peyote and shit. Get fucked up in the woods. I mean, hey, real talk, growing up in the Midwest, uh, probably, because if this move was 20 years ago, that's when we were in high school, we we didn't have peyote. We peyote around here. Anyway. Allison is about to call her bluff as Grandma Lori walks in and starts chugging wine while saying hi. Dude. Karen- this this was my favorite shit. I'm sorry, not to fucking in, in, interject. Yeah, she's crushing her bottle of fucking Boone's Farm and shit, and she straight does a move from Archer. She's bone crushing, and she holds up her finger, indicating like one second, and she's like, look, 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 look. Karen acts like a Karen while Lori breaks down and talks about uh, what she was going to do tonight but couldn't go through with it. Karen and Ray continue to act douchey, so Lori leaves with Allison chasing after her. I thought that part was fucking hilarious. I, th- I thought it was good. I, I mean, yes, there's good humor in there. Later, Karen recounts what her childhood was like with Lori and how she started training with her with all these survival lessons and how to use guns and fight before social services came and took her away. Okay. Uh, no, it, it, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Karen's going on like, she made me shoot guns and um and and fight and, karen literally had my and, child and, and play thank you exactly i was like all right speaking of traumatic experiences karen tells allison that grandmother taught her to fight fire guns and work with power tools in the mid mid in the 1980s in the midwest if you sit down and do the math that's pretty much exactly what every kid i fucking know was doing so what the fuck is the problem here right later that evening on the other side of town a dad and his son kevin are headed off for a hunting trip 
We get dad trying to bond with his son, but all Kevin is worried about is missing dance class. And smoking fucking Marlboro Reds, because this this kid's voice. Dad, I can't, I can't, I can't even do that voice. It hurts so bad. When they suddenly stop as they see the Smith's Grove transport bus flipped on its side. You, you know what? I Sorry, I, I got to jump in real quick. I, I don't think that Kevin's dad is ashamed of, you know, the... That you know of the LBGT issue here. I think he's more embarrassed that his kid might grow up to be a backup dancer. Dad pulls over and get and goes to investigate while Kevin stays behind, but is soon spooked out of the car. So he grabs his rifle and goes looking for his pop. This is effective. This this whole scene works pretty fucking good. Kevin finds Officer Nobody, who warns him to run, but Kevin, understanding that. Uh, he isn't going to be able to go to the annual dance class field trip to see West Side Story without his dad's signature on the form, ignores the warning, and heads to the overturned bus. That's where you went with this? Despite politely asking him not to, Kevin shoots new Loomis in the shoulder and runs off having now committed second-degree murder at the tender age of 14. Please don't shoot. Bam! Fuck you. I would have shot him, too. He decides to go for broke and steal his dad's Jeep, but... Luckily, Micah was waiting in the back seat and serves up Jesus' justice and kills Kevin for not putting on his seatbelt. Mm, I think what you meant to say, Mike is waiting in the back of the, the back seat of the Jeep, and as Kevin goes to start it, Mike leans over the seat and whispers in Kevin's ear, Speed kills. You want to know how I got these cars? And then Kevin says, Wait, what? That doesn't even make sense. And then Mike says, after he breaks his neck, So get your neck, broke tiny dancer. <laughs> Death number one. That doesn't make sense. Neither does your face. Now that Mikey has wheels, we cut over to Officer Frank Hawkins, who is playing some pinball at the local gas station, Slurp and Gulp, uh, and he gets a, a radio call about the disturbance on the side of the road involving the bus. Oh, pause it real quick. I got to tell you a thing. It's good. Well, just tell me. Oh, uh, anytime there's a cop, we do dead cop, dead cop. You know, <laughs> like, you know, that that's something I wanted to talk to you about. You fucked up. Yeah, yeah. So um, Hawkins heads out to the scene. He finds Officer No Name dead on the side of the road before coming across Kevin's dad, which his neck is brutally fucking broken. Death number two, dead cop, dead cop. Death number three, Kevin's dad. That guy got straight up Pez dispensered like father, like son. Cut to the next day, which is now Halloween. Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot about this. He uh, investigates the bus and finds he New Loomis. Yes. Uh, you know, practically dead. And then he investigates 311. <laughs> and he's like, all right, cool. Come on. I'll save your life. So now we cut to next day, which is now Halloween, October 31st, where Aaron and Dana are getting a tour of the cemetery before checking out Judith Meyer's headstone. No, actually, the podcasters go to visit uh, the grave of Bernie Mac. And um, I'll just say it. Judith Meyer's in this flashback. That's some capital knockers. They get some audio for their podcast while the movie recounts the footage from the original Halloween movie. And at the minute mark of 33 minutes and 32 seconds, we get movies. We're adults. Where Michael, uh, as a little boy, kills his older sister on Halloween night. And while all this is going on, Michael, adult Michael, is watching from over yonder. Yeah, not very discreet. Hey, who's that six white dude in the... Also, why doesn't he have any blood on him? Mm. Okay, fuck it. He's got a thing of OxyClean? Fair enough. At the hospital now. I'm sorry, what? Hospital! Drink, drink, bitch, drink! I'm out of drink. I can, can I have some of yours? <laughs> share, share, COVID, COVID. Hey, we're good. 
Officer Hawkins is checking on new Loomis as Creighton Dute walks in. Uh, nope, that is Special Agent Darius Rucker. I'm gonna call him Creighton Duke. All right, mine's better. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Whatever, dude, mine's better. Uh, wasn't that dude in the town that dreaded Sundown remake? <laughs> anyway. So as Creighton Dute walks in and tells him that they caught all the escape patients except for Michael, but don't you worry, because he's over at the gas and gulp filling up his Jeep, and as it just so happens, so is everybody's least favorite podcasters. I have gas and crap. Uh, Cut to the podcasters at the gas and crap while Aaron gasses up. Dana stands on the roof of the car and loudly proclaims that she has to go to the loo and make a bucket full of barnyard chowder. Dana goes to use the bathroom. Or that one. While Aaron awkwardly fills up the tank. Suddenly, as Dana is pooping, a gentleman in a dark blue overall set lets himself into the woman's room and is looking for Dana. Buddy, you forgot the best part. Mike rolls up in the fucking backup dance mobile. And then on the bumper sticker, it says, Black Cowboy's butts make me want to dance. I don't recall that. No, okay. He finds Dana in the last stall while Aaron is trying to pay. Uh, but notices that the mechanic, uh, that the gas station tenant is unresponsive, so he goes to investigate, and the mechanic inside has been killed with a mini sledge, and the gas station attendant's jaw has been got ripped a apart. Fucking jaw, homie. Back in the bathroom, Mikey makes it rain teeth for Dana as he tries to rip the door off. Dude, straight, straight the fuck up. Oh, yeah, and that video I showed you, I never noticed this. If you pause it and zoom in, like fucking nerds do it's me uh you can see michael maskless michael myers fucking slowly like his face pan across the gap in the door see his little white eye his white eye and this fucking sinister smile which we already know is bullshit because he's got the blackest eyes like a doll's eyes well maybe not that one that's what loomis says he's got black eyes and then mike knocks on the door he says you making some barnyard chowder in there for me honey (laughs) Dana screams for help as Mikey grabs her, and Aaron rushes in to save the day with a crowbar. I'm sorry. Uh, I fucked up. Death number four, gas station clerk. Mike beat the teeth out of him, and it was awesome. Death number five, mechanic. I think Mike gave him a tune-up, if you know what I'm saying, to death, because he ain't got no clothes. And I thought he should have put that little hose up his butt. Okay. <laughs> Aaron gets his head bashed against the walls and doors and yes. slowly dies while Michael breaks Dana's neck before heading to the car and reclaiming his favorite mask. Also, Dana is nasty as fuck because she didn't wipe her bungus or her crack. She just pulled pants up and sleeched under the door. Right? Kind of um, gross. gross. Uh, okay, death number six. Aaron, call Matt Penfield because this motherfucker is going to the Headbangers Ball! Jesus Christ. Uh... Uh, okay, Mike is choking the ever-letting shit out of Dana, and as he's she's blacking out, he asks her, who's your favorite Rice Krispie elf? Is it Pop? Is it Crackle? No, I bet you it's Snap. <laughs> Death number seven, Dana. Oh, Snap! Over at the Strode house, Lori is listening to the news about the bus while checking the escape room she has hidden in her kitchen and also preparing to go on the hunt for her not-brother. She heads over to Karen's house for to first warn her and go ahead. All right. So according, let's cut back to the last scene. According to the um, neckbeard incels basement dweller, a.k.a. the Internet, this scene where Mike opens and closes the trunk to reveal his mask is very controversial. Do you want to know what's really controversial? When the mods at 
bodypillowfan.net ban you for three days because you accidentally posted your wiener ash picture to <laughs> look at you otaku 69 ever since but ever since covid hit mom won't leave the house and washing a custom body pillow of bulma from dragon ball super complete with saggy boobs alterations takes a very long time to wash and yes of course the cum crusties are going to get caught up around the edge of the hole not all of us can afford washers and dryer combos in our studio apartment because our dads are rich now can we evan fuck <laughs> Meanwhile, back at Shea Stroud. <laughs> I got to take a break. Hey, come on, do this right. Man. And we're back. Oh, yeah. Uh, the, uh, had to take a pee break because uh, that, uh, that shit had me rolling. Low-key, you had to go check your fucking uh, Utaku body pillow. Uh, all right. So um, Lori stops over at Karen's house before going on the hunt and... She's upstairs as Karen and Ray walk in. You mean she breaks into her fucking house? She comes downstairs, points a gun at her daughter, and said, Did somebody order shots? <laughs> Fuck. There you go. There you go. <laughs> um, she makes Ray feel inadequate as a man and complains that they have no security or protection. He says, uh, I know Taekwondo. <laughs> Ray and being- I'm only the strongest man in the fucking world. <laughs> Ray, being a true blue Democrat, refuses to take the gun from Lori to protect his family, while he and Karen just kick her out with not so much as a thank you. Uh, this part, the whole put the gun down, put the gun down, this reminds me like me talking to Joanne. And also, I am 110% on board with Lori here. Yeah. I would maybe not point the gun at my family. What's Dude, there's a line in Venture Brothers. It's fucking Action Man, who's obviously Captain America. And they're talking about young Rusty Venture, and he goes, I remember, Rusty, I'd go into your bedroom, and i put the gun to your head, and i pulled the trigger. And he goes, I remember, because I'd wake up and just hear a dry click on my fucking temples. And then you'd say, not today, Rusty, not today. <laughs> Venture Brothers, great show. Check it out. So Lori decides to check on the gas station murders instead, while Frank and Creighton Duke discover the semi-nude mechanic and Mike's discarded hospital gowns. Yo, real talk, I feel... I feel the chemistry in between uh, Sheriff Hawkins. Deputy. <coughs> deputy. Deputy. Okay, cop. All right, Deputy Hawkins and Lori. Like, they might have. I, I kind of thought that was one of his. They have a little, like, eye contact in this scene. Oh, I think they might have. Uh, oh, my God. You, you handcuffed Michael. I like Frank here because he lets everyone know that they are not to attempt to capture Michael and instead order to put him down. He's like, yeah, fuck this shit. We're going to kill him. Hey, Sheriff Brackett. Your move, fuck boy. Right. I think one of them was Eddie. Fash. 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 Take two. Flash forward to nighttime and all the kids are running around town grabbing up all the candy and generally enjoying life because they have never heard of COVID-19 and we wish we hadn't either. Kids don't even trick or treat anymore. What the fuck? We are even treated to three kids dressed in the silver shamrock mask from Halloween 3. That's right. The big Halloween 3 is up in this shit. While Mikey runs through a few kids and helps himself to some lady's garage and grabs himself a hammer. With his left hand. He heads on in to her house and introduces said hammer to said lady. And after a savage beating, grabs a butcher knife from the kitchen, walks past the crying baby, and heads out into the street as if nothing has happened. Death number eight, not Mrs. Allrod. What did the back of her head say to the hammer? Beats me! <laughs> you were drinking. Hey, fun fact, that <laughs> baby is voiced by Jamie Lee Curtis. 
I knew a chick in high school who could do that baby Christ shit. It was haunting. Well, he doesn't go far, mind you. He heads into the next door neighbor's house who has just been warned about the murders via a phone call. And before she can lock all the doors, Mike lets himself in the back and shows her his new knife as he stabs her through the back of the neck. I love this scene because she's literally on the phone. She's like, wait, what? Oh, my God, I'm going to lock the doors. He checks out her window first. Then he heads down the side of the fuck. Like he goes out of frame. And the shadow grows. And he just you can see him like through the windows making his way to the back you don't see him enter wait you All see him sudden, through the windows yep. you see him on the walls you see him till the sweat daps down his balls <laughs> get fucked <laughs> um so do you think the the old that the black couple that's julian's folks he's like where's my stethoscope kind of shit he's like i saw my neck the whole time i think that was julian's folks. i was looking for his keys on a stethoscope watch the movie and it was in his pocket the whole time yeah uh, yeah, so listeners, if you think it was his keys or his stethoscope, call our hotline. That's 704-666-1428. No, that, or no. 2814. God, no. Yeah. 704-666-2814. What's that listen number again? To Orange Joe. 704-666-2814. If listen you, to Orange Joe. If you... Listen to Orange Joe. If you th- listen to Orange Joe, if you listen to Orange Joe, listen to Orange Joe, go away. Okay. If you think the keys were in his pocket or if he was looking for his stethoscope. All right. Uh, do you got a death on this? Oh, I do. <laughs> death number nine. Idiot. That lady. Ouch. Right in her stabbing's apple. <laughs> like Adam's apple, but it's stabbing. <laughs> Meanwhile, at the dance, over at the dance now, we have Cameron and Allison having a good time dressed as reverse Bonnie and Clyde. Uh, that's, that's kind of fun. When they are interrupted by a phone call from her friend Vicky, who is babysitting, and invites the two of them over to hang with her and Dave, where they will smoke some Kazam after the dance is over. Let me jump in real quick. So I had to do my homework on this scene because I thought this song was, I don't care. I love it. You know, that uh, Charlie XCX song, but it's not. This is the great value version of that. I feel like they filmed it with that Charlie XCX song, but they couldn't get the rights to it, so they just kind of fudged it like, you know, when you don't know the words of the song, so you just, and I know this song and shit. Also, what the fuck is Oscar's costume? Is he like Lost and Found Box Dracula? Yeah, he's like like, like Aldi Dracula, Kmart version. It's like, oh, I didn't have a costume. It's like, ah, we don't have a Frankenstein. We don't have a Dracula. We got some devil horns. You know what? He'll look like a fucking douchebag. There you go. That's your costume, Oscar, because you are, in fact, a fucking douchebag. I thought his costume was to have a face like Eric Stoll's in Mask. Dude, he looks like Mr. Potato Head in the live action adaptation of Mr. Potato Head, a.k.a. Eric Stoltz in the motherfucking mask. Right? Like, and I like how like he falls for the blind girl, but the blind girl like feels up his face, and she's <laughs> like, oh, my God, what is this, the side of a house? Also, she was deaf, so it was Helen Couch. She's like, why do I have fucked up? <laughs> Your face feels like I'm touching a cinder block. That's weird. All right. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, so they talk about smoking some Kazam. Uh, Vicky then gets off the phone and has to deal with uh, the coolest little fucking Julian kid in town. Julian is probably Julian. the MVP of this movie. He's dude. like, hey, well, I, I know that's some smoking weed. I'm going to tell my mom. She's like, I'm going to tell him about your browser history. He's like. Touche. Yeah, he's like, well, you should be cooler. I'm sitting here clipping my nasty ass toenails. (laughs) Dude, okay, yeah. Little Julian, probably my favorite character. I'm totally buying the whole Julian-Vicky vibe. Also, Vicky is a goddamn smoke show. 
dude, when a gal wears a sheer three-fourth sleeve baseball tee, I'm like, somebody better call Animal Troll because I got a rabid wiener dog in my pants. I wore one of those last weekend. You didn't go after me. I got some tiggle bitties. I noticed. I don't know, man. Uh, <laughs> why do you think all your toilet paper's gone? <laughs> Somebody had to wipe that puppy's nose, if you know what I'm saying. Jesus. Oh, also, did you catch they have an Xbox 360 with the face place popped off when they cut to that shot of Repo Man? I have uh, detail. Vicky puts Julian, uh, the kid that we just talked about, uh, to bed and waits for Dave while back at the dance. Cameron couldn't wait the five minutes for Allison to get off the phone and starts making out with some chick named Kim. He comes up with Tigra from the Avengers. He comes up with the lamest excuses and, in a solid dick move, gets mad at Allison for taking the phone call in the first place as it rings again and it just says grandmother shucks it. Into the fucking pudding. I, I see. No, is that pudding? Is that nacho cheese? All right, let me jump in real quick. This high school dance is the hardest part of the movie for me to swallow. It turns into a music video with DJ Frankenstein and Tiger Tits just running around with no shirt on in October in Illinois. Okay. Every year I have to strategically plan my Halloween costume to incorporate a jacket or underlayers. Also, getting fucked up at a high school function is frowned upon now. I thought that was mandatory. Also, do they live in some magical world where phones don't cost hundreds of dollars and you could just throw them into fucking nacho cheese or pudding or frosting or whatever the fuck that is? All right. You done? Are you done? Can I go on? No. Oh, all right. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> all right. So uh, Allison exits the scene, leaving Cameron free to make out with all the Kims that he wants to. And look damn fine in that pencil dress I might have. And here's the thing. This is the Midwest. A lot of Kims. A lot of Kims. Yeah. Back with Vicky, Dave now finally shows up. He shows off his super sweet tattoo that marks the date of, I guess, losing his virginity, but Vicky seems like she already gives it up on the reg. Um, so I'm not quite sure what this tattoo was. This is was. a pretty decent jump scare, too. Uh, before they get too far, uh, as they're dry humping, as Vicky says, I'm going to dry. Dry fuck you. Yeah. Is that a thing the kids do now? I like no eating idea. butts and dry fucking? Yeah, so like it's just, she I'm, takes out his dick and then rubs her jeans on it. I'm just an old dude sounds, that likes to get his dick sucked, you know? That's hurtful. That's right. I suck old man's dicks. <laughs> I like wieners on my butt. There we go. <laughs> Why isn't that a button yet? <laughs> Who says it isn't? Uh, while this is going on, Julian runs downstairs screaming about seeing someone in the house. Vicky goes to check out his room, but doesn't see anything. And just and this is cool. She checks the whole room, mm. and she's like, you're cool, cool. She's like, Julian's like, well, can you at least close the door to the no, closet? You, you forgot this part. The whole, excuse me, sir, you need to leave. She does a bit. And this is precious. Oh, this is crappy. Oh, fuck you. And then Dave, on the other hand, he's just a fucking doofus. Thank you. Yeah, Dave is a fucking doofus because like he's like, I'm gonna go burn one down, and then he just goes to the garage and starts cranking on a fucking Harley. Yeah, knocks like over Dan's motorcycle. Ten o'clock at night on a fucking school night. Yeah. And uh We're but fucking I, busy. I do love that Vicky jumps out and goes like it's like, ha, ha, no, there's somebody in your room. But um, So she tries to she attempts to close the closet door, mm-hmm. which she fails at, and Michael comes barging out. Schnick, schnick. Right, attacks her. Julian escapes, but he grabs Vicky, and he sees how many times he can put his knife into her back before Dave runs upstairs. But oh, we... boop, 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 boop. death number ten, Vicky. Bitches be tripping. I got to jump in here real quick. Okay, everybody 
on the internet uh, is super butthurt that Julian says, oh shit, and that it ruins the tension of the sheen, the sheen, the Charlie sheen. But here's a real hot take. Shut the fuck up and watch the movie. <laughs> there you go, right? Uh, so uh, we don't find out what happens to Dave because we jump back to Officer Hawkins, who is now responding to the calls about the neighborhood possibly being filled with dead people. Mm-hmm. Officer Hawkins begins to investigate Julian's house and finds Dave pinned to the wall uh, via the bob. Reverse bob. Right. Death number 11, Dave. <laughs> Looks like he got reverse bob. I think what you wanted to hear is, what about Dave? <laughs> <laughs> I like how the the uh, the camera pans on the tattoo and like hangs there for a second. The, day to fuck. How about day to death? 10, 31, 18. <laughs> that was pretty cool. Uh, and upstairs uh, finds Vicky dead as Lori pulls up, armed to the teeth. She sees Mikey from a bedroom window and just starts blasting. As he just coolly exits the house, avoiding both Hawkins and Lori's fucking gunfire. So the internet was freaking shit. They're like, oh my god, Nick Castle's in this movie. He's gonna be Michael Myers. No, Nick Castle is Michael Myers in one scene, and it is that scene. Yeah, that and is all, it. All, that all, dude is old. All the director of Major Payne does is stand there in the fucking mask. Wait, he directed Major? Major Payne, yeah. Nick Castle directed Major Payne. Like Major Bits and Winifred Payne? Yeah. Dead serious. Cleanse your colon faster than burritos with that guacamole sauce. That's pretty good. I, I saw the movie once in the fourth grade. But yeah, what no. What are you smiling at? Find a piece of candy in your pocket? I love Major Payne. I gotta fix this chair. Tell Mama go get my field knife. Dead serious, yeah. That's it, cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, and the director of Halloween 4 went on to do Free Willy, but we addressed that in our Halloween 4 episode, which listeners, if you haven't checked it out, maybe you fucking should because it is a top shelf banger. Right? Hey, and to that girl that I met at Walgreens, I hope you're enjoying the episode. Oh, yeah. All right, moving on. You... <laughs> Uh, all right, so Lori does manage to plug Mike in the shoulder, and I wonder if she taught young Kevin how to shoot. Frank runs into Lori and as Michael escapes again, and they wait for Haddonfield's finest to show up. And I like Dude. how he doesn't even question, like, Lori. He's yeah. like, what are you doing here? Instead of being like, the fuck's up with the gun, you citizen? Did. No, no, no. <laughs> so they, they totally handle it like a Dr. Loomis approach. Like, well, I know why she's here, but thank God we got another fucking gun on this scene. And she fucking totally pistol whips him in the fucking grill. <laughs> uh, Creighton Duke pulls up with Dr. Sartain, who has now recovered. Dr. Sardine, yes. And they begin to grill him about Michael. And I love this. We talked about this. He's They're like telling him, like, have a seat. <laughs> He's like, sit down. It's like, well, I already am sitting he's already sitting in a chair it's so goofy uh and he agrees to help find michael uh laurie pressures the police to get a move on and while she is introduced to her words the new loomis dude yeah the doctor confirms that hawkins was the deputy on duty in 1978 who actually stopped loomis from killing michael 40 years ago sartine is straight ejacking in his pants he slides up to he, laurie he's like, got more history than fucking laurie does in this shit Pretty much. Uh, Sartain's like, ugh, Lori, nerd uh, alert. Uh, okay, it, she's like, new Loomis. It's like, no, this fucking butt knuckle couldn't hold a candle to Sammy. And this is, we have the weirdest dialogue. It was in the trailer, but it's just, it's so weird. In like, as, as she you says, no matter scene, who wins, we lose. Play she's like, bets. Wait, wrong movie. All my life, all I've ever done is wish that he would escape. 
And fucking Hawkins is like, why? She's that's like, a stupid wish, you stupid bitch. Fucking killing myself. He's like, that's the fucking stupidest thing I've ever heard. But it's just, it's delivered so And awkward. I know Nacho's been a werewolf. It's just, it's, it's weird. Uh, around this time, um, big-headed Oscar and Allison are walking home from the dance, having a little chit-chat while Hawkins and New Loomis are on the prowl for Michael. Lori and the police pop by Karen's house to grab them all and go hide at Lori's place, but they cannot find Allison because she is busy having an awkward conversation and giving Oscar mixed signals. <laughs> as he, Yeah, like being a woman and walking. As she abandons him after he fails to put the moves on her. Oh, my God, dude. So, yeah. Uh, and by the moves, we mean a non-consensual smooch fest, and she shuts that shit down with a motherfucking quickness. He's like, I'm sorry, I thought you liked me, and... I'm, no, I'm cut, so dork. drunk and nope. at the dance, like there was a lot of like <sighs> dancing Sexy going girls on. Girls were feeding me guacamole <laughs> and gave me sexy ways, and it's, I got this chub. <laughs> it's like, look, cunt dorkula. Nobody wants to fuck your potato-headed ass. That's what I said to my wife. Now I'm like, well, you were giving me the signals. You were feeding me guacamole and all these sexy ways, and she's just like, this, this, this is a. a we nacho had spaghetti thing. tonight. There was no guacamole. Um. I, I wanted to talk about this real quick. Uh, in the squad car with Sartan, they go on about how Mike is a, a shark in baggy ass overalls. You know, and, and Hawkins is like, in your professional opinion, is Laurie Strode nutty as fuck, shit crazy, <laughs> right? <laughs> and then he's like, he he covers up his body. Can he's like, real talk, I'd smash that for real though. Laurie is the sanest person. I know. In this movie. I know. What the fuck? I mean. They're all. Uh, is she over the top? Maybe, but she fucking has she's it going on. Got a pretty on. good goddamn reason to be. Yeah. Uh, also, in this scene, this had me fucked up. Karen is wearing a Christmas sweater because she is straight up done with Halloween. She is worse than fucking Walmart ever has. They can't even wait till Halloween's over before they put their fucking Christmas shit up. Oh, boom! Fake Creighton Duke says it early. He's like, "What are we gonna do? Cancel Halloween? <laughs> what up, Halloween six? Yeah, right." You get fucking Barry Sims. All right. So um, Oscar uh, hangs back as Allison moves on, uh, making a bunch of pussy excuses as Michael sneaks up from the dark and starts cutting his ass. He screams for Allison as he... Oh, you! this is like a cool stop motion. Not stop motion. Stoplight thing. And then he's like, oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Elrod. You just... Because he has the audacity to ask Michael Myers, did you just ever really want a girl and can't have her? Fucking yikes, dude. Did you use the term awesome? Maybe, maybe. So, and then like... I hate this kid. Oh, he sucks. He sucks. So then like the lights go out. Yeah, they're motion lights. Yes. Motion lights, dumbass. Right, right. Dude, she straight calls my head. It's like, I'm just sorry, Mr. Oh, look at snore mode. He's having a dream. Dog's freaking out. He's, he's having a nightmare. He thought he was watching Halloween 5. I'll gently wake him up. Riley! <laughs> oh, oh, the He's fucking, so old. The fear on his face. Probably shaved off a few years. Super pissed off. You good, buddy. It's okay. He's a good boy. He's a good boy. He's a good boy. He's mad at me. <laughs> All right, back to what we were doing. Yeah, right? uh, so strobe lights and then fucking yeah, Oscar goes to climb over the fence and yeah, he gets but, his cape stuck. Right. So, what did Watchmen teach us? Um, he oh. screams for Allison as he tries to hop the big iron gate, but Mikey catches him first, cuts him up in the back, and impales him right. through the face on the gate itself. Allison, running back, uh, sees Michael and runs away screaming before finally finding someone who is willing to open their door and let her in. Well, most importantly, you forgot the kick-ass... 
musical sting the um death number 12 oscar he was acting like a real wiener and he got roasted while karen ray and the police are having an argument about finding allison and I love this scene because, like, they're at Lori's place, and and she's like, "You're not doing enough." Blah 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 blah. And Lori's like, "Come on, let's go inside. Let's go inside." Lori, who fucking just pulls her big ass dick out and just starts swinging it because she has the biggest balls in the scenes. Like that is Karen. Out- shut up. Let's go the fucking side. Knock it off, Ray. Go find a yo-yo or something. Yeah, yeah. practice your taekwondo. I guess drop kick a turtle to the fucking stratosphere. Yeah. Uh, New Loomis and Hawkins pick up Lori, or sorry, pick up Allison and take her to Lori's house. Lori puts mom and dad in the safe room slash armory, and as she arms everyone while Michael casually strolls around the park in Haddonfield. (laughs) I love this shit. Everybody's like, Michael Myers is so stealthy. It's like, no, the fuck he isn't. Hawkins straight up like, I got eyes on him. So Hawkins and team spot Michael. What's he do, Cincinnati, Jeff? Hawkins nuts up and just runs Michael down with his fucking police car. Fucking pedal to the metal full throttle, dude. Just smokes Mikey. They get out to check on the body and New Loomis gets in the way of Hawkins being like, I'm fucking blowing this dude away. I'm putting one in his face. You know what? We forgot uh, to mention this whole speech. The entire time they're fucking riding with uh, Dr. Zartan or whatever. He's like, "Uh, you know, just like what if what if Michael was like a force of nature and evil? Like, ooh, how hard does he dick does his dick it when he kills people? Cause my my pants are really tight right now, and I just want to kill people. It's like you sound actually kind of like him. I know. I fucking hate myself for sounding like that. He's he, he's a little shit cheeseburger. And you I have a dumb th- face, but you sound like him. Thank you. And I'm, I'm my stash can never be that important. Ugh. But he's just like, and then I just I just want Michael to be inside me. I want to be the man behind Michael and oogie boogie spooky shit. And then and then Hawk is just like, yo, dude, you need to shut the fuck up because I'm about to plow into this dude. Bumper first. <laughs> about to check out my anti-lock brakes. <laughs> bumper to bumper. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Sorry. All right, so uh, New Loomis gets in the way of uh, Hawkins finally putting one into Michael's brain, and uh, he suddenly flips the script here, and this is when we get our big turn in the movie. He stabs Frank Hawkins in the neck with this hidden pen knife. We need to uh, 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 talk about, abity, 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 uh, talk about this fucking pen, because in the very beginning of the movie... You see it for a second. He's, like, taking notes with it. He's got, like, skull head at the top. So it's a spinal... Co- it's a regular pen... Not really. What the spinal column is like the little uh, catch, whatever you want to call that. And then like a pocket guard clip. Yes. And with a magical release, a scalpel blade pops out. I'm like, what in the James Bond is this shit? Jesus Christ. Cincinnati Jeff, go easy with that beer. It's not the cure for stupid. Fuck. Uh, So, yeah. Zartane fucking. I think you got your buttons mixed up. Anyway. uh, So. Yeah, Listen to Orange Joe. Pops his little blade out and fucking gigs. Listen to Orange Joe. Gigs uh, Hawkins in the neck with it. And um, I don't want to say it, but death number 13, Hawkins. Real talk, I don't think motherfucker's dead. Not yet. Ugh. Ugh. All right, you go ahead. <clears throat> All right, so Hawkins dead. Uh, Dr. Crane. Uh, then grabs and puts on Michael's mask as he drags the body back to Allison, who has been locked in the back of the car the whole time. Fuck this. Fuck this scene. I remember I I got... 
adamant in theater. Because we thought he was now going to take over. I mean, real talk, I think there is a fucking draft out there where Mike dies and it's just the Zartane show. And I'm like, this little five, six fucking Arabic dude with it's a goes broken to hell arm, all over again. Oh, my fuck. You know, uh, at least you get the imbued with, with a, Creighton Duke or special agent Darius Rucker. You could laugh at that. That's actually a funny joke. I like Hootie and the Blowfish. You only want to kill Michael. No, oh, no, 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 no. My favorite song is Wendy's Bacon Cheddar Ranch. Oh, shit. I forgot that was a thing. <laughs> All right. So you catch so Alice. Fuck you. Man, Orange you, Joe. Look, you old white bitch. So you catch Allison's POV from the back of the squad car. You see little doofster fucking Bungus yeah. McCallahan pop Kmart his head Loomis. up. Dude, now he's fucking. And he's like super short. The mask is too big for him. And just big old fat shoulders. It's like an, oh my God, it's the callback to Robert Zombie's Halloween when young Michael Myers puts the mask on his head and lets you fit properly. And then I fucking jump in traffic because I ain't watching that shit again. Uh, yeah. Uh, I did not enjoy that goddamn twist. So uh, evil, evil Loomis loads Michael into the back <laughs> with Allie as he starts to drive off with them. This five six Arabic dude with a broken arm picks up probably about a good 275 fucking 63 whole man mountain yeah fucking meaty boy just slides him and in the also back somehow is able to hold out this fucking 98 pound fucking soaking wet teenager. Yeah, I you know what suspension of disbelief. Um, so Bizarre Loomis says that he wants to keep Michael alive and reunite him with Lori as this is a unique opportunity to study evil and they drive off crushing Frank's face oh, as they leave. I only saw him run over his legs. That's what I saw. But Now, over at Lori's place, two officers have an odd exchange about Bon Mui sandwiches. Bon Mui. Bon Mui. That's right. Sandwiches while sitting uh, on, on guard duty. Uh, new Loomis en route now has a conversation with Allison um, talking about never hearing Michael speak and Allison plays him hard in this scene telling the bad doc that Michael spoke to her and, and his dick is erect he's like what did you say yeah, what did he say to you what did Michael say she's like if you stop the car and let me go I'll tell you what he said it's like dude come on like, even I fucking know obviously she's lying come on on me uh, but he falls for it. He's- it did from her other hand. She pulls out her thumb in between her fingers and said, also, I got your nose. <laughs> He's like, God damn it. Where is my nose? And also, can I smell what Michael's going to say with it? <laughs> um, so he does stop the car a little way down the road from the officers right outside of Lori's gate. And they notice how odd this is. What do they say? They're like, oh, shit, it's Hawkins. Is he drunk again? <laughs> yeah. I cop. What do they the call him? Like, because uh, he's like referred to him like being like uh, like buzzed or high or something like that, or call him like Cheech or something too. Oh fuck that! That eluded me. They also have a really weird exchange about brownies. It's yeah, this okay? I will take this over the fucking douchebag doofies from part five. The literal fucking clown chew cops, but uh, I don't know, man. So this shit's all fun and dandy, but also that it could have been about two minutes shorter. So uh, they tried to contact the uh, Hawkins car via radio, but they notice something is not right. At the same time, Michael comes to and he frees himself from the back of the car. Allison escapes during the kerfuffle into the woods while Mikey wipes his boots all over New Loomis's face. That's right. Because he, he, like, he, he drags him out into the street and as he's getting ready to do whatever he does to him. He goes, Michael, say something. And he says, Michael Myers says, I hope you like soul food. And then he stuffs his fucking face in. Death number 14, Dr. Zartane. 100% perfect curb stomp. Beautiful. 
The defective detectives pull up as Michael is sneaking around the back. Uh, but inside Lori's house, Ray, who's playing with a yo-yo for some reason. Hey, man, it's a yo-yo ball. Fucking not paying attention to reading the room. Uh, notices that the police now have pulled back up to the house. He goes outside to see if they have any word on Allison, but he discovers cop number one has his throat slit, while cop number two has been jack-o'-lanterned. <laughs> That's exactly what I have. Death number 15 and 16. Dead cop, dead cop. And What you gonna do? And the man-o'-lantern. Wait, where is it? There you go. There it is. We got it. Trick got or Treat Studio sells the fucking jack-o'-lantern head. Probably for like Like two. a full size? Yeah. That's cool. Probably like 250 or some shit. Uh, Trick or Treat. They sell good shit, but they can, they can afford to sell it to you at those prices. Uh, so um, while Ray is, you know, finding the cops dead, Michael sneaks up behind him and chokes him with a chain before breaking his neck. <clears throat> Lori sees this happen. <clears throat> Ray sure does have some sick yo-yo skills, but guess who also has a few tricks? Mike does, and he's about to show Ray one. He's going to show him the hangman. Death number seven, teen. Seventeen. Ray, he 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 got choked to death with wind chimes. It's kind of sad. I actually really liked him. So Lori sees this happen, does not react, and tells Karen to get back into the safe room while Lori decides to defend the house. She bars the door as Michael grabs her through the front door and nearly kills Lori before she gets off a lucky shotgun blast that removes some of Mike's strangle fingers. That's my strangling hand, you bitch! Lori then breaks away and heads to the safe room with Karen and prepares for Michael, who is now, now you know what? We, in we, the house. We need to explain on this, uh, or we need to explain this, uh, this basement trap door to the bonus basement. Oh, I'm, I'm getting there. Well, well, here's what fucks me up. She has the laundry machine down there, like the washer and dryer. So that's like the normal route she takes every day. Like, wouldn't you want to hide that in a separate part of the house? No, 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 no. So, okay. So this is exactly where I read this part. Okay. So what this is, is the safe room that's hidden beneath the island countertop in her kitchen that she uses basically like a garage door opener that slides this island to the side. And you, it's a basement set of stairs that goes down to like a... It's like a, basically just a concrete bunker. And inside she's got beds, cots... The armory, a uh, bunch of food, the water metery. storage, the metery, uh, and then of course the laundry stuff like that because it's, it's it's separate from the normal laundry that's in the house because that's just if they need to live down there they can. So what is Lori doing? Because she has this palatial house with magic trap doors and two washer and dryers. I mean, I tell you, man, she's writing the man and rice novels. You know what, dude? She probably sells online reality. It's like her pappy. Holy so Lori leaves Karen downstairs while she works her way through the house, activating various traps that, like, like basically summon bars to lock these different this like, is rooms cool. in the house. This is like Ultimo Lockdown, and it's kind of like playing a video game when you clear an area kind of shit, you know? And she's hunting for Michael, but she doesn't find him. Instead, she finds Ray neatly folded with the linens, and Mikey finds her hanging out in the mannequin room. Yeah, so this room is um, in the, like the alternate cut of the movie. Which what the fuck, dude? There are so many. So uh, we'll get to that. But so this room is to mirror the uh, top. Oh, this is where I got it. Oh, okay. So Bloom House, yes, right? Yes. Uh, love your Blu-ray release. It's missing a lot of special features. And if you're listening, just want to say, you know, what people love 
Special features. The fucking deleted scenes that you have a ton of. Alternate takes, things like that. They gave us a few, like, where, oh, I'm podcaster Pete, and I'm going to put this mask on and try to fornicate with my girlfriend? My ghost? You know what? It's like that time you were trying to take the shower, and I put my Mikey Myers mask on <laughs> and just slipped in and be like, did somebody order Cox? <laughs> It's just, I, I just hate, I hate that this movie, the, the Blu-ray release is just missing a lot of these Dude, because there was like a, an alternate ending. They were going to do like, they, dude, they like we're talking to John Carpenter. They have a bunch of scenes that are in the trailer that aren't in the movie. Aaron talked about that a couple weeks ago. And I respect that rather than burning, you know, like footage. And I mean, look at Half-Baked. But that you trailer right, but you, but you know that these are there, that they exist. Why not include them? Like, what's the big deal? Well, they'll probably wait for, like, a trilogy, because this is, in fact, part of a trilogy. I guess they're waiting for Scream Factory to charge me again. Yeah, I don't pay. I'll fucking so, pay. It. All right. Yeah, anyway. Uh, so back into the mannequin room, which is literally a room full of mannequins that she keeps, that she uses for her firing range. Also, I need to talk about one of these mannequins. That mannequin has dick and balls. It does. Not like a bulge, but specifically right. cock and balls. Lori, what fucking have you been doing? Statue of David kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, um, Mikey finds her. They have a scuffle. Uh, Lori loses her gun. Then she goes at him with a combat knife via G.I. Joe style. And oh, like Zartan? After the scuffle, he tosses her Activia-ridden ass off the <laughs> second story. And on her way down, she thinks to herself, I should have done those Capital One commercials instead. This message was brought to you by Activia. Activia, shit yourself young. And now back to the movie. <laughs> While Mikey stares at his handiwork, Allison has gone over the hills and through the woods to make it to grandmother's house. Very good. Uh, Cincinnati Jeff, I think what you meant to say is Michael Myers, uh, Michael Audrey Myers, which they address in the film earlier, not Michael M. Myers from Halloween 4. Get your shit right, idiots. Uh, this is the scene where very reminiscent to the end of the movie where he's laying all ass splayed out doing the bloody, um, you know, angels right. in the front yard. But this time it's Lori. <laughs> so uh, Allison walks in the front door and calls out, which distracts Mikey for a minute. He looks back and sees that Lori has pulled to him uh -oh. and he speaks to himself for the first time in 40 years by saying, wow, that is fucking annoying. <laughs> Karen brings <laughs> Allison down into the safe room while Mikey goes in the prowl for more white meat. He finds the safe room entrance in the kitchen, and he works his way to break in while the girls arm themselves. Karen grabs her old rifle from when she was 12 and guards the door while she tells Allison to stay back. You know, you know what's hers? Because it has her initials on it. And a lightning bolt. Which is the 1980s version of that weird S thing that everybody used to draw but has no idea. Actually, that... Uh, Stop licking your lips at me. It's really gross. Are you... Uh... So uh, Karen starts to panic as Michael finally breaks in. And she screams how she can't pull the trigger. And she's having a hard she time. She has a Karen meltdown. But guess what? Psych! It was all an act! And she nails Michael in the neck. That's so dope. She's like, I can't do it, Mom. I need your help. She and goes, then, gotcha. Got him! And then fucking... Um, dude, I want to say it's like a solid meaty shoulder hit. It's definitely uh, looking at him from the ground up it's his uh it's stage left his right and it looks like it comes off of his neck all right so here's what fucks me up because in the halloween kills which i kind of really don't want to get into on the mask which i've been halloween shopping it's what i do so he has like a big fucking cut out of his cheek well, I, 
Could be. Uh, could yeah. be. Let's say it's that. So uh, he staggers as old man Lori emerges from the shadows and says, Happy Halloween, motherfucker. <laughs> Happy Halloween, Michael. Before going to town in his ass with a butcher knife. This even cuts him in the exact same arm. Yeah. This last part was real cool. They have a fight uh, similar to basically like a Looney Tunes fight where he's got a fire poker and she's got frying pans. And she goes, Mike, are you hungry for breakfast? <laughs> they beat the shit out of each other until Michael falls down the stairs as the girls make their way uh, to an escape. Allison makes up the stairs first, but as Karen tries, Michael grabs her leg and tries to pull her down into the fungeon. But Allison, <laughs> being the only girl uh, not to maim or kill anyone in this family yet, grabs a butcher knife and starts hacking away at Michael because she does not want to finish high school in a foster home. Yeah, yeah, good point. Karen gets free with one swift kick to William Shatner's face and activates the badass spikes that like Michael inside. This is kind of cool. I This smells like rewrite to me. <laughs> it's, like, it's like a hidden lever that she knows about, obviously, and just she... Pulls it, and these massive fucking kill you spikes just choo -choo -choo -choo, like cover the entrance to the safe room. It's almost some Castlevania level type shit. And she uh, tells Allison, "Don't worry, this is not a cage, but a trap." Are you trying to tell me Lori's been running a trap house? That's how she's, <laughs> dude. Lori's been slanging. That's how she makes the fucking money to afford the shit. Uh, Lori, uh, at the same time, turns on uh, some switches that activates all these Bitches gas pipes switches that she has rigged throughout the house that are set to go off um, with some like ignition like kind of burners at the end of it. Uh, and she sets off the whole thing with a road flare while she says goodbye to her buddy Michael. She says goodbye, horses. The gals escape and catch a ride with the truck that's been passing by. And while they ride away, they watch the house burn down with Michael inside of it. Um, so the there is one shot where Mike is just fucking, he's at the bottom of the fucking staircase. And then he does a slow clap. He's like, well played. The, the mask kind of looks weird in that scene too. Cause he's he looks sad up. as fuck. He's like, it was like Riley when I scared him awake. <laughs> That's good. All right. So now it's time to get to the kill count. Do you kids want to see a dead body? <laughs> All right, so our numbers vary a little bit here. I got 19 total deaths, 10 of them off screen. Oh, I I, uh, I have 17, and I didn't count Mike, obviously. I'm not counting that one. Because, I mean, we need to sign that firefighter's petition. So uh, what I got here, and um, I double-checked this with dead meat. So I want to make sure, because I was like, man, there's a lot going on That's here. Do they I count? Got. Do they not count? Uh, number one, police officer uh, killed by Michael, left for dead, off screen. That's the one that warns Kevin. Dead cop, dead cop. Number two, Kevin, neck broken uh, and face bashed against the car window. Squatched. <laughs> Officer number two, killed by Michael on the side of the road, um, off screen, discovered by Hawkins. Dead cop, dead cop. Number four, Kevin's dad, neck broken off screen. Mm. Number five, um, oh, I have Kevin on here twice. That might be why. Ha ha, fucker. Yeah. So you'd have 18, but yeah. then I didn't well, count yeah. that first dead cop. Uh, gas station clerk, number six, uh, jaw ripped off screen. Totally jawsome. Uh, number seven, mechanic, beaten to death with a sledgehammer off screen. Not a tune up. Number eight, Aaron Corey, head bashed against the walls and doors. Coconut beat. Number nine, <laughs> Dana Haynes, neck broken. Didn't wipe her badge. Number 10, Gina, beaten to death with a hammer off screen. Hammer time. Number 11, Andrea, stabbed through the back of the neck with a butcher knife. Knife to know ya. 
Number 12, Vicky stabbed a few times with a knife. I'd still fuck her corpse. Number 13, Dave found pinned to the wall with a knife. What about Dave? Number 14, Oscar stabbed in the back and impaled through the chin on a fence post. Friend zone. Number 15, Frank Hawkins stabbed in the neck with a pen knife by Dr. Sartain. Debatable. Number 16, Dr. Sartain head stopped to mush. Fuck you. Number 17, Officer Richards stabbed in the head and, or, and note throat slit off screen. Dead cop, dead cop. Uh, number 18, uh, Officer Francis, straight up jack-o'-lantern. Jack-o'-lantern! Off screen. And number 19, Ray Nelson, choked to death by a chain until neck broke. Yo, yo, is. So what was your favorite kill, buddy? Oh, so it's obviously a tie between uh, jack-o'-lantern and fucking the ultimate curb stomp. What, what do you think? I went with Dr. Sartain. Okay, head stomp. All right, what's the worst kill in the movie? Uh, Ray's. Yeah. Such a good character, such a lame death. What the fuck? Yeah. You know what he should have done? He should have grabbed a mousetrap and put it on his neck and, and then put peanut butter on his dick. How about how about no one cares that Ray's dead, by the way? Yeah. Uh, the, Karen the, never asked. She Lori, briefly. Lori sees it happen, doesn't react. Right. And, um, and Allison's never like, where's dad? And I, don't get me wrong. There's a lot going on here, so maybe they're going to address it in the next movie. Oh, my but God. all three of these chicks do not seem to care. Uh, uh, Lori doesn't say shit about it, uh, but Karen's like, where's Ray? And anytime Ray's what not... What about Ray? And anytime Ray's not on screen, all the other characters should be asking, where's Ray? <laughs> Ray uh, went actually... He went back to his home planet. He didn't <laughs> die in this movie. <laughs> Ray's uh, bye-bye. What do you got, Egon? Yeah, right. Um, I'm... What is it? I'm I'm terrified beyond the cognitive I, thought. Cognitive, th- whatever. A, a movie we did two weeks ago. Whatever. All right, you ready for some stuff you should know? Let's do it. Hello, greetings. What seems to be your boggle? My boggle. As with the original Halloween, Michael Myers is listed in the credits as not Michael Myers, but the shape. That's right. Jake Gyllenhaal helped convince Jamie Lee Curtis to reprise her role as Laurie Strode for the film. This Jake is Gyllenhaal weird. is a family friend of Curtis and is dubbed by her as an unofficial godson. And also, he asks uh, Lori, how does one suck a fuck? <laughs> On the TV, a newscaster can be heard describing the events of the original film as the babysitter mergers. This was originally the title Carpenter wanted for Halloween. That's right. It was only changed to Halloween after the producers thought that the I- uh, thought of the idea and uh, released it near Halloween. Mm. I'll let you keep going with your trivia, but I got something. Go ahead. All right. So uh, apparently John Carpenter worked with Bob Clark when he did uh, Black Christmas. And so he's kind of like, man, good movie. What would you do next? To be like, oh, well, the killer breaks out on Halloween. Well, yeah, that's, Actually, not, it's Arbor Day, but close. he has it set on Halloween, but he didn't call it Halloween. I'm mm-hmm. saying that the title changed because of the producers, not the setting. Well, obviously, they ripped that off of Friday the 13th. <laughs> the role of Allison, Lori's granddaughter, became somewhat of a coveted role. Multiple popular actresses, including Lucy Hale and Emma Roberts, met with Danny McBride to personally talk about the movie. Lucy However, Hale? Huh. However, the studio decided that they wanted to go back to the roots of the first movie and cast an unknown actress, similar to how Jamie Lee Curtis was cast in the original. Real talk, they did um, in the special features, the bare bones special features. They do like a... They're all sitting in the chair kind of shit, so it's Jamie Lee, then it's fucking Judy Greer kind of shit, and 
you kind of almost see the evolution of how they all look alike. They do. Thing, which is kind of weird, but uh, continue. Emma Roberts would have been great in this. She's fantastic in Scream 4. Ooh, she a bitch. And she worked with Jamie uh, on Scream Queens. Queens. That's right. Uh, the song that is playing when the boy and his dad notice the bus mm-hmm. crash is a Western version of the song that Laurie Shut sings throughout the original oh, movie. The song can also be heard during the end credits. Just Did, the two of us. That's her, like, making some shit and up. she just made that up. I was going to say, we talked about in, the, in our episode for the original Halloween that Laurie just made that up on the spot. Did you order shots? From the original Halloween 1978 cast, only Jamie Lee Curtis, Nick Castle, and PJ Souls return. That's right. Souls plays a teacher as her original character, Linda, died in the first film. I totally knew it was her. Original director John Carpenter returns as executive producer and is credited for his music score. Although Carpenter generally prefers not to be personally involved in sequels, except for the fucking first sequel, he remakes uh, his works uh, as he usually accepts an original screenplay credit, but producer Jason Bloom convinced him to take more of an active role in this movie as a spiritual advisor. Carpenter met with David Gordon Green and Danny McBride, loved their pitch of the story, and contributed to several script ideas. Honestly, he's like, he put his Xbox controller down because him and Danny McBride got high as fuck. So in the special features, there's a scene where it's fucking, uh, I think it's Jason Blum or Bloom, your preference, it's fucking uh, Gigi McGreen or whatever the fuck. It's Laurie Stryer. It's Jamie Lee Curtis and John Carpenter. And they're sitting at this table in front of the fucking Myers house. And John Carpenter has his seat backwards, like MTV raps kind of shit. I'm like, John Carpenter, you old gangster ass motherfucker. I, I, he says contributed with this, with several script ideas. I'm assuming he just had one. It was, it's not his sister. Dude, don't make it suck. <laughs> director david gordon green said in an interview with collider that the first cut of the film was two hours and 15 minutes long sure and that both the fat of the film and entire scenes themselves were cut uh out for pacing and length this explains why so many deleted scenes and alternate scenes are in all the trailers and in some of the behind the scenes it's not on my fucking blu-ray right Jackals. and then last with this film there are now five distinct halloween timelines Number one, you have Halloween, Halloween 2, Halloween 4, Halloween 5, and Halloween 6, The Curse of Michael Myers. Number two, okay. Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, completely separate. Stand alone. Uh, number three, Halloween 1978, Halloween 2, and then H2O, and Halloween Resurrection. Yeah, that's the uh, what I like to call the... Two parts of the Laurie Stroud saga. Number four, you have Halloween and Halloween 2, the series reboot by uh, Rob Zombie. And then this one, Halloween 1978 and Halloween 2018, followed by Halloween Kills and Halloween Ends. I didn't mean to hit that button. That was was weird. It's the devil! So now we're going to move on to our final thoughts, final cuts. Well, what do you know? I asked for final cuts, and I got it! Real quick, I watched Bardello of Blood the other night. It was a good movie. It was kind of fun. All right, Nacho. Yeah. What'd you like? What didn't you like? What would you change? And give us your rating. Uh, Dude, this movie's pretty fucking solid. Um, Goddamn. This is probably one of... This is, yeah, probably one of the best Halloween movies I've seen in a very long time. Kind of fuck the Rob Zombie movies. Uh, Resurrection is kind of dog shit. H2O was kind of fucking dog shit. Halloween 6, your preference, kind of dog shit. Uh, Halloween 5, I'd rather get an abortion, and I can't even <laughs> fucking do that. Um, no, this movie's pretty fucking good, and if anybody wants to piss or moan, just remember, this is the first part 
of a new trilogy, technically the second part of a quadrilogy. Uh, the gore is great. The soundtrack is fucking phenomenal. Um, oh, I wanted to tackle this real quick. So behind the scenes features and shit, it's John Carpenter with Cody Carpenter, his son, who looks like Norman Osborne. <laughs> and they're hanging out with uh, the dude from the cars. It's something Davies. It's like Nick Davies or some shit. And that motherfucking looks like Otacon. You know, the cars, you're talking the kinks. Oh, it's the kinks. It's, it's Ray kinks. Davies and David Davies. Fuck, what do I know? I'm just some asshole on a podcast. Uh, They're so, relatives of a f- friend you have. Do, 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 do. Anyway, so that motherfucker looks that motherfucker looks like Otacon from Metal Gear Solid. Uh, the soundtrack is a fucking banger. Here's they, the thing about the soundtrack, though. One thing they're missing, the Cordettes, Mr. Sandman. Um, also, they don't have Lori's theme. What the fuck is that? I, I don't know. That's that's kind of bullshit. Uh, yeah, especially because Carpenter did all the music, so he would have yeah, all the rights to it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, why, why don't... Yeah, fucking the Coupe de Ville's get fucking, you know, Nick, Nick, Tommy Lee Wallace and fucking the director of Major Pain back in action. Big trouble. Anyway, uh, soundtrack fucking rules. Um, I'm glad there's no period pieces. I'll straight say, okay, moving on. Uh, this, the podcaster shit will not age well. No. That's like in fucking Halloween Resurrection when she has that giant ass. What is that? Like a Blackberry's Blackberry? Yeah. <laughs> and she, what, what the fuck the is PDA? She, oh my God, dude. That's so fucking stupid. Um, this. I do like the tech. Not that tech, but I like how they use the internet in, in, in Revelations. Even though it's very dated and like super old websites. What, what movie? Resurrection. Goddamn right, nerd. Get my your bad. shit my right. Bad. My bad. Um, the Buster Rhymes one. Halloween Flipmo Squad. What I call it. No, you take your ass to the garage. No, fuck that. We'll, we'll get to that. Um, yeah, we will. The gore is great. Uh, story's pretty good. And if anybody's pissing and moaning about, oh, they didn't do this with that character and that character, guess what? Because there's a fucking sequel coming out in like five days, which technically should have came out two years ago. But hey, thanks, COVID. Money. Uh, yay, get your shots. Don't be stupid. What's your rating, buddy? Well, I'm not done yet. All right, well, hurry up. <laughs> uh, as far as boobs go, we get to see Judith Myers capital knockers from the original because if it's, uh, you know, if it ain't bad, go back to it. Ratings, though. Oh, shit. I give this movie, I give this eight jackal, man jackal lantern heads out of ten. Listen to Orange Joe. Well, I mean, you listen to Orange Joe. I just did it. What about you, Cincinnati Jeff? How are you feeling about this? All right. So I prepared this whole massive. And most of the characters are really fun. Uh, this whole massive uh, thought. Uh, but here, here's all I could type out. So I'm going to have to kind of. Like, it just says boobs. <laughs> boobs. That's Correct. Uh, so it's hard with a movie like this. Uh, I have made my peace with what we have had as the Halloween franchise outside of the Rob Zombie universe. I. Never had a problem drawing a straight or squiggly line from number one to resurrection to say that that is one cohesive story. I would just assume Debatable. that Lori uh, put herself into a witness protection program and ignored her daughter and then had a second. And her son. Had a son outside of that daughter. And I'm like, hey, you know what? I'm fine with it. I, I, actually, I can just fucking move on. I had a bit in the script. It's just like when Lori's on the phone, it's like, hey, uh, it's Daniel Harris, like talking to Josh Hart. And it's like, hey, his mom called you because she hasn't talked to me in 20 fucking years. 
All right, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Cincinnati Jeff. Um, and honestly, my two biggest gripes with this movie are, one, more than half the deaths happen off screen. You do see the aftermath. Okay. Um, For instance, I would love to see Howie jack-o'-lanterned that no, officer. I, 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 That's going to be too messy if and I, you fall into the Rob the Zombie. If I got it in a deleted scene, I'd be fine with it. And that's what I want. Why not shoot it and then tell, let the MPAA tell you you got to cut it out? Like, 1980s Friday the 13th style, right? Like, why not do that? They, but they didn't. They didn't even bother. And that, that bugged me a little bit. Oh, and Michael Myers... I don't Myers- want a gore fest, but I like, like, the most that you got to see was fake Loomis's face getting smashed. Um, well, yeah. And you know what? And a lot of neck snapping. And I, I wanted to mention this. The mask looks fucking great, I think, outside of Halloween 1. Halloween 2, Halloween 6, and dare I even say the first Rob Zombie movie. Yeah. This mask looks fucking great. It does. It does. And that's the thing. I understand that they're kind of going for this more original vibe where it's like a lot of this goes off screen and there's not a lot of blood and things like that. Not a gore fest. I understand. But my second biggest gripe is that they rewrote history. I love that Lori was the estranged sister of Michael. It made a lot of sense. It, they, because here's the thing, here's what they allude to and what I'm afraid they're going to capture in the next movies is they talk about it like he's strangely attracted to Lori in some way as if, uh, Dr. Loomis or fake Loomis says it. it's like, he's got some aversion to, or not aversion, but he's got some need, some desire to track her down specifically like a devil's whisper, whispering in his ear. Don't, don't. It's not that they're going to go to the cult route, but like I don't need some supernatural fucking otherworldly oh, reason for Mike to fucking follow Lori. Oh my god! Like it Hancock? made more sense that it was a, a blood relative that he's got to fucking kill, and that's what he needs to do. Otherwise, they're going to trap themselves again with this weird, weird Obsession. Halloween Six vibe thing, and I don't care for it. All right, dude. I'm I'm sorry. I know this is your final cuts, but you talking about this? I wrote this down. Like, why? Why can't Lori be his sister in this movie? There's kind of no reason, right? And I know that uh, Carpenter was super pissed. He's like, I don't know why I wrote that. Well, motherfucker, you wrote it's it. It's a paycheck, and he was drunk. And people liked it. People liked I that. I love that shit, Mom. No one, I've ever heard anyone complain like, that doesn't make any sense. No, that was in the second movie, and everyone took it as canon and said, fuck yeah, that that's cool. There's kind of no reason shouldn't be a sister in yeah. this movie. Uh Man. I get I get his first impression. He's like, no, this if it's just Michael killing strangers, it means that this could happen to anyone anywhere. Yeah, Absolutely. But why, Lori? But why now it's is been turned into a, focal, a franchise, a focal point. Yeah. yeah so there's a there has to be a reason for this, and you're gonna paint yourself in a corner again if you're not careful. I haven't obviously seen the second movie in this trilogy. We're gonna see it in a pending, couple days. Pending, but we'll find out. I don't know, but it felt like they were just leaning towards that again, and I did not like it. I liked the pacing. The cinematography was good. Other than, like I said, just a little bit of lack of gore. I'm not a big gore hound. I don't need saw level like fucking blood and these types of things. But I do like to see things happen off screen, if even for just a brief moment. I'm a sucker for a creative kill scene. Right? Exactly. It doesn't need to linger. I don't need to see fucking goop treeping out of fucking people's eyes for 10 minutes or whatever. But I like... I don't need hostile style gore, but I want to see I want to see a little bit more. And it bums me out when I don't. Especially with this many dead bodies and half of them were killed off screen. It bothers me. The another big gripe that I had that I really thought would have been really cool, and maybe they'll address it in the next one, was that the bus, 
How did it crash? Thank you. Dude. I told you when we left that I thought it would be great when we left the theater. I my told gears you were spinning on that. I'm that like, it should have been um, Sheriff Brackett, who the actor is still alive at this point. Yeah, in 2018, that he should have been the one to crash the bus because he wanted to personally kill Michael in a revenge style for killing Annie hey, what 40 was, years ago, what and they the, never even address it. And I thought that would have been such a great idea, what and was, they never did it. What was his daughter's name? Annie. <laughs> I thought that would have been really cool. I told you, as soon as you left the theater, I'm like, why didn't they do that? That would have been so good. And that dude was alive at the time. I don't know if he still is. Oh, uh, he's still kicking. Yeah, they left a really ambiguous, now did Zartan? Yeah, fuck it. Yeah, who crashed the bus? Was it Mike? It would have made a lot more sense if he would have done it. Oh, my God. I got and it. And like, oh, my God, I tried to kill him, and I fucked up. This is my penance for trying to fucking take the law in my own hands. No, I now got it. Mike's free. I got it. It was the O'Doyle family from Billy Madison because, now stay with me here, listeners. Don't they go off a cliff? They left the banana peel in the road. Okay. All right. So Adam Sandler worked with David Spade on SNL, who worked with Mike Myers, who worked with Kevin Bake. I'm done. <laughs> I was trying to drag this bullshit out for a second, but uh, uh, let's, let's put that dog to bed. So, I mean, that's also Michael Myers did need a dog this movie. Do you mind if I finish my thoughts on yeah, this? Yeah, I guess. Is that cool? Maybe. Is that fucking cool with you? Why don't you quit trying to... Snachos? What? Host your own podcast? Or... Salsa Von Mummy's talking. Ungawa. Is that racist? I don't know. Okay. So, that's what I think of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I give it eight prune juices out of 10. So we are actually on point with the score this time. You know, I wanted to go back and like listen to our podcasts and, and uh, review our ratings of what we do. Just that'd be something that'd be cool, like a little uh, list to have. Sure. I don't know, man. This this movie was fun. It was fun. What the fuck are people crabbing about? Do I you, think that you, you and I fun? have the biggest problem with it. Did it, it just rewrote history? That uh, was a big issue. You know, honestly, I feel that, that this movie is kind of like a a collective of like the greatest hits you know i'll straight say it for you know not for shitting all over halloween 2 or whatever and all the halloween uh, 2 was so good the the wait, best part of rob halloween zombies two take place? halloween 2 a hospital <laughs> the best part of halloween 2 rob did you Zombie, crush that yeah damn. was the hospital scene where like the first 15 minutes of the movie was set that way but it was a dream and it's like damn i wish the whole movie was like this dude yeah Ugh. Well, well, and even Rob Zombie did a really good job with those fifteen minutes of that Lori. God damn, run through the hospital. Should we watch that after this? Just, just the first fifteen. Just throw just it out a- there because Halloween's coming up, and I always watch Halloween movies. I haven't seen the Rob Zombies in years. I'm going to watch them on Halloween this year. Yeah, I'm going to watch one and two because I haven't seen them in so long. Um, I'm going to do one and two, six, seven, and eight. Six, six. Rob Zombies one and two, and then the normal six, 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 seven, and eight. Um, well, like I was saying, dude, this movie, it's like for a movie that shits all over the sequels and continuity, they're like, we'll just, that's got, that's got Carpenter's fucking fingerprints all over it. I mean, yeah, I get it. But like, they sure do. I mean, I love that the Halloween three kids are in it multiple times and shit. Uh, they borrow a lot from these, from the franchise kind of shit. And I'm all right with that, but just like, why are you going to poo-poo on it and then cherry pick from it at the same time? I like time? how he hates, I don't like, but it, but it's so funny that like he hates the fact that he wrote that line 
because he wanted a paycheck. But then he's got Halloween 3, which we love, but it's a 50-50 split in the horror community. No, no, no. It's it's official now. Everybody's okay with Halloween 3. Okay, good. Well, it wasn't that point f- five right. years ago. It's because people... And he's like, yeah, that's a great movie. But this fucking part about her, him being brother and sister? No. it's Dude, John, what the fuck? I you mean, know what? He's just... Fucking- you wrote a movie where Kurt Russell surfboarded on lava. Can I? But but fuck this, right? This is no good. Uh, let's not forget the movie where Ice Cube fucking and his buddy hacks his thumb off doing space nitrous, and <laughs> Natasha Hintrich is there. God damn, the Ghost of Mars is stupid, but I fucking love it. Not to get off topic or anything so, here. All right, is there anything else you want to add, buddy? Yeah. So hey, guys and gals and ghoulies and chuds. What do you think about this movie and our reviews? Because if you had anything to say about it, you should probably call our hotline. 704-666-2814. I would say 2814. 704-666-2814. And for simple people like me, that's 2814. Yes, 704-666-2814. Do you have any new Patreon members and shit? Uh, we don't, but we want to thank the Patreon members that we do have. Thanks, gang. Uh, all the cool Brewsters out there at the Cool Brewster tier, Tom Aerosmith, Matt Huey, John Zinkin, Ben Welly, Nazan80, John Mitchell, and Tedis Duras. Oh, thank shit. you so much for just being supportive of the show. Thank you, everybody who listens. We really appreciate that. We are also celebrating. We're coming up close to our 50th episode. We're very excited oh, about. Oh, shit. Uh, we are uh, past... Um, uh, almost eight thousand downloads. I don't know what that means. Which is fantastic. People like us. Oh yeah, it's a pretty, good, pretty good set of numbers. Um, so for our fiftieth, we've got some good stuff coming up. And make sure that you listen, pay attention to our social media because we're going to be giving away digital movies. We're going to be giving away physical copies of movies uh, along with a bunch of just fun stuff. We've got stickers, uh, can koozies, things like that that we uh, we sell on the website where we give it away for free for our 50th uh, episode that was having a big celebration, a big brouhaha. So pay attention for that. Keep, it, keep a lookout. We're going to give away all kinds of stuff in the next month. So we really appreciate you listening. Thanks gonna, for hanging out. Well, actually, we're going to give away uh, Matt Huey's copies of uh, his exercise tapes which smell like cat food i don't want to get into the details on that but he knows what he fucking did oh but more importantly i think we should always stay spooky bummy sandwich